we've recently rewatched for, I don't know, maybe the fourth time, Arrested Development. So I want to talk about The Best Beliefs. <laughs> I I gotta say, I love this show. I It had been a while since we had seen it. It had been multiple years since we had seen it, right? Well, since they did that, you know, Netflix thing, it was a little uh, bad. <laughs> a little? Oh, geez. So they've done multiple Netflix things, and allegedly the like remixed version was less bad we watched it we tried watching it right after this and no, we uh, tried watching it we, we didn't stopped after watch it. i think we got through one or two episodes uh, i think we did better than that but it was the original cut of them we watched the we watched a few episodes. the original cut we got like three in because everyone kept saying oh it gets good after oh no it was not good. and it didn't uh, and then they did that recut thing that's that's the one that we got through i think one or two this time yeah this time after we watched the good the actual good meat series yes. good, me- good meat <laughs> yes the good meat series so what we're talking about is the first three seasons only of arrested development that's the only ones that exist yeah and i would you know honestly even season three i think was weak it was weak but at least everyone was still in character essentially and i liked all the jokes yeah. that they were making about the show being canceled which i thought that was pretty funny yeah like i i think Ultimately, this is an unpopular opinion, but I think Arrested Development was canceled at the right time initially. Ooh. Like when, it, like after season three, it got canceled. I think that was correct. That was the right decision. Even though it's an amazing show, you could tell like the writing had kind of lost steam towards the end. And for a show that is so incredibly well written and it's so dependent on sharp, top notch writing. I think that was the right time to have ended it. And so, yeah, for, as far as I'm concerned, it had three seasons. The first two were amazing. The third one was okay. And that's it. I mean, you could argue that the whole reason the writing was tanking was because it, was, it wasn't being renewed. Like, they didn't have the same vigor. They didn't have the same storyline. That's certainly, I mean, certainly that's part of it. But, like, what I love about this show is that it's so incredibly dense and quick. Yeah. You, exactly what you said. It's sharp. I yeah. love sharp humor that it's just like joke after joke after joke. Like it's so good and they all build on each other. And if you continue watching, the payoff is amazing. And what we started noticing in this watch through is that they started on jokes at the end of season two. They started them in season one. Yeah. Like, it's insane how long that these jokes last and and the final conclusion of them and you don't really notice if you're watching for the first time. So, it's definitely a fantastic rewatch show and if anyone hasn't seen it, hopefully this episode will convince you to go see it. Yeah. So, I guess should we have tried to avoid spoilers? I mean, it, no. it probably doesn't probably don't necessarily need to. I don't think we're going to really be spoiling anything. Yeah, it's not a it's, spoil show. It's yeah, it's just you have to watch Arrested Development. Cuz it's about the characters. Stop after season 3 and it's just an incredible work of art. And you know, sometimes when we go back and watch older stuff, I mean Arrested Development is now what about 15 years old, something Ooh, like that. Don't. When when we go back and watch old shows, a lot of times they don't hold up. For all of its like you know little quirks and and comedic risks that it takes and walking up to the edge of things, it held it holds up. Like I was really surprised how well it holds up. You know, it, it there aren't many if I, I can't remember specific ones. Uh, if there's any like moments where you know certain like you know political or inclusivity standards we have now would make it cringeworthy, which happens a lot with older stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I don't remember any or many of those moments while rewatching the show and all of the, the the humor and the writing is still really sharp and is still really funny and and mostly relevant still so it's just such a work of art and 
I didn't think, like, when we started watching it this time, I thought I had already seen it through, you know, a couple of times. I thought there wasn't going to be anything more for me to really get out of it. But because, first of all, because it had been a while, I think it had been at least five years since I've seen it, and it is such a dense show. And as you mentioned, they they build up, they, they start laying the foundation for jokes so early on, like an entire season before they pay it off, that you really do get a lot out of it. So I, I would suggest to our listeners, even if you've seen Arrested Development, you know, back when everybody was seeing it like 10 years ago, watch it again. You'd be surprised how much you get, you still get out of it, like on a rewatch. It almost makes me think of in jokes on a really good podcast. You know, like you feel like yeah. that you're involved in the family. With this family, you almost feel like you're involved in this ridiculous <laughs> family a little bit. You shake your head most of the time and you're kind of on the outskirts, but it really, really draws you in and it makes you feel like you have all of the context in such a short time and these little clips everywhere. Oh, it's just so good. We should talk about the best bluths. Yeah. And so we, what we decided for this episode was to rank our favorite best bluths. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is specifically people within the bluth family. All so, right. I have a list. Oh, of like candidates? Yeah. Should I should I read it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So I have Lucille Bluth, George Bluth, Gob Bluth. Job. Which is also Job. <laughs> which is George Oscar Bluth. Which the is, second. Yep. Uh, no, it's not the second. Yeah, it is. Because, so apparently... George Bluth, is, he, his middle name is an Oscar. So according to the family tree graphic on Wikipedia, George Bluth Sr., his name is George Oscar Bluth. Oh. And apparently his twin brother Oscar is named Oscar George Bluth. <laughs> it's so good all right so we have job michael bluth byron buster bluth oscar bluth Lindsay bluth does anyang count i think anyang counts if i mean if Lindsay counts if if adopted children count then and i think they should so anyang bluth george michael bluth steve holt does he count as a bluth technically he was never adopted into the family but technically he is a son of but one he is of the, i guess yes he is a bluth yes he so, is a bluth. Yeah. he and doesn't then, necessarily know that i think he eventually knows that right? yeah anyway yeah but yeah so i guess steve holt counts as yeah a, steve holt uh and then uh franklin delano bluth oh franklin right franklin <laughs> the, yes franklin the ventriloquist uh, puppet yeah he has his name is bluth yes those people are eligible for uh, a top four award you include tobias george michael maybe oh i guess maybe counts yeah but she's not technically a blue they're married in i right right i guess if steve yeah. holt counts i think spouses count like no i don't think spouses count they totally count they're married in they're part of the family they count oh i guess then lucille wouldn't have counted because she's right a, yeah right exactly obviously they're all they're, yeah married. okay spouses totally count spouses and their children like yeah oh, obviously. this changes my list because i wasn't considering tobias you have to. But he's a Funke. He's a Bluth. He married in. No, but he's the wrong... It's like, uh, no, I don't think he's a Bluth. We'll, we'll have to... You'll have to rewrite your list. <sighs> I'm going to need a minute. <sighs> I don't think it changes much for me. Okay. Uh, does it? We'll discuss it. What I love about the show, there's so many great characters who aren't even in the family. It's such an amazing show for just like character ridiculousness and sharp writing the good thing is almost every member of the family is also i think very interesting and and worthy of just tons of laughter and and consideration with a few exceptions actually so like nowhere on my list is michael the main character (gasps) me too 
because he's nowhere he plays like the straight man like he mm-hmm. he his entire role in the show is to be fairly boring yep and so he is not on my list so anyway do you have any honorable mentions i do my first honorable mention is uh george michael bluth yeah see he i actually found him a little bit too boring just because he is michael's son that kind of makes sense like he's kind of like intentionally boring yeah but i really like michael Sarah. i love michael Sarah's movies like i just like him i think he's a really fantastic actor because he plays that strange awkward like on the fringe kind of person where he's i don't i don't know what it is but the the quality that michael Sarah puts in his characters i find that extremely funny yeah and i find it really endearing i don't know like i'm drawn to it i like it i've seen him in tons of movies he is in um he's in everything he's in everything that was like made around this time and it's it's all really really good and i've never not liked a michael Sarah movie so that's why he's an honorable mention but in terms of the character richness that goes on in this show he's an honorable mention he doesn't make the list almost everyone if not i think everyone in this show is an incredibly good actor. Like oh, the yes. the level of acting matches the level of writing in just like how incredibly on point everyone's game was. And I don't know how they did this. Somehow they got a ridiculous all star cast for this show. Like they have an incredible lineup of very like high profile people in many roles in this show both the main family and all the accessory characters. They have all these like funny cameos and everything from like, you know, big important people. I don't know how they did that, but somehow they did. And yeah, just the acting in this show is incredible. And there are some standouts that I'll point out in my list. But uh, yeah, in general, the bar is pretty high. Sometimes good writing and a good ensemble cast will draw in really great people because they just want a good project. You know, like you want a project that feels like you're contributing to something that's just really fun. I want to say the word almost artistic because like it is kind of a performance piece this show and but yet it's so funny when a performance piece in terms of like a comedy show the way it's written and the way the pacing is it's if i had read this script and i was like thinking of myself as like oh i'm going to be a person that's going to accept or or decline a script like this Mm -hmm. this is one of those things that you're like oh my gosh i totally want to be a part of this because it's going to be so funny yeah, especially like you know once once the first season starts airing and people can see how good it is i bet it was a lot easier for them to get people for like you know seasons two and three like because it was it was clear like oh they're they're on point here they know what they're doing oh yeah bravo casting so um i guess i have to add to my honorable mentions tobias because i'm unsure if he's actually a bluth he is and I think that he is one of the best characters because it's so ridiculous. His double entendres, the way he doesn't realize what he's saying, and he just <laughs> says everything. He's so on the outskirts of the family. Everyone doesn't know what he's up to. He's just a fantastic character. And uh, yeah, I don't think the show would be the same without him. He really makes the show and the only reason he's an honorable mention is because I'm not sure he's a Bluth. That's fair. That's fair. I will say he's on my list. I'll talk about him later. You were advocating hard for him to be yes. <laughs> considered a Bluth. Multiple people on my list are people who you wouldn't necessarily have included in your initial definition. Oh, no. So my honorable mentions uh, first are Oscar, George Sr.'s twin brother with the long hair. <laughs> <laughs> also like, played by Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> pop, pop with hair. <laughs> yeah. 
he's a ridiculous character. I mean, these are all ridiculous <laughs> characters. And I'm just thinking of his mannerisms. It just makes yeah. me laugh. I love how little they made him different from George Sr. They didn't really change much of anything. And Jeffrey Tambor is a very good actor. Um, and so I know he would he was capable of delivering multiple styles of acting. And I think they intentionally did this in a way that he basically acts almost the same no he doesn't they're totally different well they on a level on like you know the kind of like you know pothead level (laughs) but like otherwise they act fairly similar and they look almost identical and i think that's hilarious like how how little they chose to differentiate this character in most ways and then they just have like a couple of minor differences (laughs) that you know result in very different lifestyles but like I, i just think that's hilarious and i love some of oscar's writing and some of you know the roles he plays the things he says the things he gets to do later like I just think he's such a funny character. Um, he's not that essential to the show in reality. And, you know, like it, the way that like some of the higher ranking people, as you said, like the show wouldn't be the same without them. The show would have been fine without Oscar, but he's a funny character. Uh, my second honorable mention is much more important. And I think we'll probably rank high, higher on your list. And that is Job uh, played by Will Arnett. I love Job, but not quite enough to have him break the top four. But the show could not be the show without him. That's why it's such a strong cast and such a strong, you know, writing and show because you can say that about almost all the main characters. Almost all of these people in this ensemble are necessary and integrated deeply into the show and what makes it the show and what's important. You couldn't have the show without almost any of them. Like, it, that's why it's so important. And and this is one of the reasons why, like, the, the later Netflix series sucked because you could tell everybody was like kind of off doing different things. They couldn't necessarily record or, you know, shoot at the same time uh, with certain, with larger parts of the ensemble. And they, it wasn't as well integrated and it wasn't as well written together. And so that those seasons suffered in part because of that. Whereas the, you know, the, the, the core, you know, real seasons of it uh, were just amazing because you had all these, all these amazing people playing off each other and the writing just intertwining in all these different ways. and just wonderful. Uh, Job is just such a out there, caricature of something he's not an especially deep character and it doesn't matter and most of these people aren't uh and but he just is comic relief in a way that it it just seems deeper than usually like the comic relief characters are in most shows i don't i can't it's hard to word because this is the kind of role that would have been really easy to just screw up and just make it really shallow and slapstick and stupid but instead it's it actually doesn't read that way I don't think any of them are shallow and slapstick and stupid. That's the thing about the tightness of this comedy is that they really brought it down to its essence and got rid of so much of the extra in the main part of the series, right? Mm-hmm. Like they distilled it down to these cast members that are each of them are so important. They play their roles, they're so poignant, their their lines are direct, their the cutscenes are quick. Like it's not how long is each episode? Isn't each episode like it's only like, a half hour? Yeah, they're like 25-minute episodes. Yeah, so two seasons of 25-minute episodes, like that's really quick when you think about how much stuff they actually covered in the show. And it had to be so tightly done. And that's what makes it so funny. I think that that's what the later seasons they lacked. They just let so much time go. It was so loose. It was It was so throwaway. They wasted time because they didn't have anything funny to say. Whereas the beginning part of the series, the first and second season, they couldn't waste a second. They couldn't waste a character. They couldn't waste anything. It is just all 
all there. Anyway, so I uh, are, are we going to get into our top four? Are we going to do We will. But first, we're going to do our sponsor. We are brought to you this week by DoorDash. It's 2020, and delivery is way more than just pizza. And you're busy. You don't always have time to cook. With a selection of your favorite flavors from across the globe, DoorDash lets you order world cuisine, all from the comfort of your living room. Also, sometimes you just don't want to cook, like me. Yeah. <laughs> Getting your meal delivered means you can take back time in your day. You can finish that project. You can get in that workout. You can finish up with chores. You can play more Minecraft. You can play a lot of Minecraft as we do. Ordering with DoorDash is super easy. You just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. And your favorite restaurant is probably already on DoorDash. And if not, there's over 310,000 restaurants in over 4,000 cities to choose from. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 U.S. states, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, or the Cheesecake Factory. So we've used DoorDash. It's really nice. I gotta say, it's really, it's wonderful. You did. Like, you kind of surprised me one night and you're just like, hey, I door dashed it. Yeah. It's just really convenient. You know, we, we kind of live in the suburbs where I wouldn't have expected us to have any of these services hitting us, let alone like to have choice <laughs> once you get there. And the reality is they serve us really well. There's tons of restaurants I can order from, uh, some of which are, you know, pretty close by, some of which were a little further away that, I'm, that I was very pleased they would deliver here. Uh, it was really nice and easy, very easy to order with it. And uh, yeah, definitely, you know, we are now repeat customers. Um, So anyway, you too can join us. You can get $5 off your first order of $15 or more by downloading the DoorDash app and entering promo code TOP4 with your order. So once again, $5 off your first order. Just download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code TOP4. Download the app now. Start planning your dinner. Don't forget, promo code TOP4 for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Our thanks to DoorDash for their support of TOP4 and all of FM. Let's go to our top four ranking, finally, Best Bluths. So my number four is Buster, played by Tony Hale. He's surprisingly complex, as, as I think many of these characters are. He, he, again, he fills a role that no one else fills. Again, like many of these characters, like I just gotta love this show. It's hard to it's hard not to say the exact same things about all these people. <laughs> okay, so I'll I'll say right now, Buster's yeah. my number three. Okay, close okay. enough. Yeah. What I I love about Buster is that he fills the role of kind of like the baby in the family, but the way they write him is it's so different than other babies in the family. Right? They give him this strange um, arrested development. <laughs> There we go. (laughs) I think that's kind of, they all have a sense of of an arrested development in part of their personalities. But Buster's kind of the extreme case here. He is a man-child who just is constantly using the family's money to go to school. And he even seems like he's he's mentally too young to even be taking the college classes and the things that he is taking, um, like ancient agrarian cartography. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting about him is that, like, it it would be easy to write a character like this as being unintelligent, and he's not. He is clearly extremely intelligent, but just like emotionally stunted, mm-hmm. like or like you know, in his like emotional maturity, like he, that's where he's lacking. But he's he's clearly very smart. They don't play that down. Like that's that's visible. That's clear. It's part of his character, and so he he does all these. He, you know, he does his ridiculousness and and everything like from the perspective of a like intellectually very capable adult just as as certain academics tend to be 
not very developed in other areas. <laughs> he also has like crippling anxiety, which contributes yes. to his character. And I think that that's very, very funny. He has a lot of mother issues when it comes to terms with uh, him leaving the nest in any kind of way. And yet he has that really um, Oedipusian. Oedipal? <laughs> Oedipal. <laughs> I like Oedipusian better. Yeah, that's... <laughs> he has a really like... We're going to go with that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, he has a really Oedipal complex when it comes to his relationship with his mother. He has a problem with her, but yet he likes being around her. And that push and pull is there all through the series. And it just, it makes this man-child of Buster, especially the name too, like having him have this really juvenile name yeah, like, like a nickname. childhood nickname that mm-hmm. just becomes his name as an adult and he just never escapes it and they never ever say his his actual name we had to look it up it's byron i don't think they've ever said byron on the show yeah like a lot of the names they breeze by in the like subtitle subtitles subtitles like when he when they were first introduced in the in the pilot right like that's and that's that might be the only time you ever see it and for anyone who hasn't seen this show it has a very heavy narrator presence so they're kind of talking you through this family it's a strange combo of not quite a mockumentary but not a direct you know sitcom style it's very interesting and it's it's one of those shows that you just kind of have to just let it go it's its own thing and you're watching this family and yeah, so Buster, he is, he makes that connection between all of the other siblings that have kind of left the nest and he's the one that has stayed home. And he brings, he bridges that gap of the constant struggle of, is he going to be leaving the nest? Is he, you know, going to be like his siblings and branch out? And then he has so much anxiety, he can't, and he's pulled back in. And then you see his home life with his mother. And it is wonderful. I love 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 this character so much he makes me laugh out loud i mean they all do right they all do all right what's your number four Uh, number four is Lindsay. okay i this portia de la rossi's character Lindsay bluth uh she is a um i guess an aristocratic (laughs) i don't (laughs) don't even know how to say it uh she's like a philanthropist that goes out and doesn't know what to do with herself because she doesn't really have a job she's never worked before but yet she constantly is throwing fundraisers for different causes because she has nothing else to do it doesn't seem like she has any connection to any of these causes whatsoever and uh i just i really like her character i like how she plays it i feel like she could have been cast and written as the dumb ditzy woman in the show and she has elements of that but there are it's so different and i i really think she's very very funny they give her some extremely witty lines i like her facial expressions i like her just disgusted reactions to so many things that are going on in the house but yet then there are times when she will ignore it and she it's just I find her written like a woman who it's not about her intelligence, but it's also about her attitude. And I, I'm having a really hard time pinpointing why I think she's so well, funny. Yeah, I think Maybe like, you can help. Because <laughs> she's, she's not unintelligent. She's, no, she's, she's not. Highly in, all these people are actually highly intelligent, but she is also the she's she's highly intelligent she's very confident in herself very confident but also completely oblivious yes like that's that i think is the is the 
great combination here is like she's very intelligent very confident and totally oblivious to her various shortcomings or to what's going on and her character is constantly put into positions where her confidence gets questioned like she questions her own confidence in things and she is presented with moments of oh wait maybe this isn't what i thought and i i just i like seeing her development i guess does she develop or (laughs) her lack of development do any of these characters actually have any character development i don't think so i think that's kind of of the point is like they're all these kind of like horrible people who never really get better they have moments of development but then they they regress instantly basically (laughs) i don't know i just i really like the way Portia del Rossi plays this character. I like Lindsay. I think, again, just like all of them, if she weren't there, it would be weird. Yeah. They needed her there. And I think that she's usually a character that gets very overlooked. And she has a lot of kind of one-liners that you don't notice as much until you rewatch it a couple times. She's like sitting next to that really quiet, funny, sarcastic person and you only get their jokes if you're the person sitting next to them. <laughs> right. But most of the time, nobody knows that they're the funniest person in the room. Right. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's what Lindsay is. I could see that. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so you did your number three already, which is Buster. Yep. My number three is Maybe, uh, played by Aaliyah Shawkat. Uh, Marry me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe is the uh, the daughter of Tobias and Lindsay. And what I like about her is that she is also highly intelligent, but her parents are basically not parenting her. Her parents are children. Yeah, her parents are like our self-obsessed children who have a lot of their own stuff going on. And so maybe is basically on her own. She, you know, bonds with George Michael and everything, but like she is pretty much living life as an independent person. She is very confident and very intelligent, but also totally lacking in other areas because she is still a child in a lot of ways. Like, She's still young. She's, what, about 15, I think, in the show? She's between 15 and 16. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, she's still young. She still is very unwise. And she doesn't do well in her schoolwork (laughs) or anything because she's basically not being parented at all. She does amazing at her job. But, right. And so... (laughs) Without spoilers. And so she's... Yeah, like, she's able to... She she has the voice of reason. And she has, like, kind of, like, the outsider's point of view on a lot of things in the show. And she does function surprisingly well in some real world situations <laughs> by kind of figuring out, like seeing through like the adult world's BS in some ways and kind of figuring out, oh, you can just do this and it'll be fine. Or you don't have to do this and it'll be it'll also be fine. Like she figures out that kind of stuff quickly. She's the con man. Right. But she's also just so young still and totally oblivious in a lot of other ways. And so I I like that about her. She is clearly the most grounded and normal person in her section of the family, which is funny to think about. But like, yeah, just I love maybe I she's such a great character and she clearly has a lot to learn. But you can tell like this character when they grow up, they're going to do very well in life. I love that you chose maybe I'm so surprised. Yeah, no, I just yeah, I I like her. (laughs) All right. Uh, Number two is now, right? Yep. All right. So my number two is tobias (laughs) this tobias i god i love this character and david cross acting in this role i i think david cross is either the best or the second best actor in the entire show his physicality is of another world yeah when it comes to this character easily within the top two acting jobs in the show 
I, I haven't decided whether he's number one or number two, but he's he's one of those. Well, he's your top. He's your number two. He's my number two character. <laughs> but like David Cross is a genius. Like he's an acting genius. <laughs> and, and yeah, he this role. Tobias is such a way out there character. So much of the show's best jokes, best references, best moments involve Tobias. Like he is such a core ca- core cast member. You know, all of them are really. But if you had to rank how important they are to the show's feel and writing and everything, Tobias is up there. He's so ridiculous. He's so damn funny. And, and you're right, like, in, in different ways, too. Some of them are physical ways, just the way he moves, the way he, like, it, like and, you know, some of them are, are his writing and his crazy double entendres and, and total obliviousness about himself and ridiculous ways that he is just ridiculous himself. He's such a great character. I love Tobias, and I would say he is probably the funniest character on the show i don't have tobias on my list because like i well i had him as an honorable mention but i do want to say one thing about him there are parts of the series where he kind of disappears for a little while like when he has that hair problem yeah yeah and i didn't love that storyline no the storyline was it wasn't that great because i almost i kind of missed him you know like and I, i i just i really like the way the other cast members react to his presence a lot of times they're like and again it's kind of like all right so here it's like he is on the outskirts of the family because he doesn't quite fit in as a bluth and everyone is just like why are you here or saying anything or like doing like but yet he's there and it feels so important i don't know i he's still a bluth in my definition but you're right about that, that he is kind of like he's like this guy who's who who is kind of the outsider and they do kind of treat him like that. I mean, even Lindsay treats him like that. I know. Yeah. Which is yeah, it's part of the character. Uh, but yeah. Like, and, and yeah, the whole, the season three, like hair plug thing, I didn't like that whole storyline, but again, I, I didn't like a lot of storylines in season three, but the rest of the show, he's so solid. My, easily my number two. So who is your number two? My number two is gob. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about physicality. I love Will Arnett's physicality in this. The way his presence is, I love his crazy voice that like the Batman voice that he uses. It's his character to me is this he's like the playboy of the family, right? He's yeah. the he's the one that's going out. He's the first son. He kind of has access to a lot of the money before anybody else. He's irresponsible. He um he just he has this crazy life. No one's quite sure where he lives. Like he doesn't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really have a home anywhere. Sometimes it's on a boat, sometimes who knows. Yeah, cuz he never actually lives in the model home, does he? No, he hangs around. Yeah, he's he's always around, but yeah, like he he he's always seems to be living in various other places. Yeah, or with women or wherever, <laughs> or <the> like boat, <laughs> or in the Aztec tomb. Who knows? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, he has this ridiculous profession as a magician, which he is only able to do because of his um, affluent lifestyle. Because he has nothing to tie him down. He's just whatever I want to do. He's he's the way he carries himself through the family the ridiculous ideas he has the way he interacts with the other family members where he kind of just like dips in and then dips out he has like a frozen dove in the fridge of the the house and he comes back and he like just the way he interacts in and out of all the scenes is so deeply funny to me i i love a very very confident person that just comes in says their funny thing does something ridiculous and then is kind of gone and everyone just stops thinking about them maybe that's why i like Lindsay too like she yeah. just it's just the way that the two of them interact with the family 
it's so funny. I love just how ridiculous they are and how everyone would treat him. It's it's just yeah, definitely. I, I love the the jokes on his name are really great. Everyone always mispronounces it or says the wrong I just, thing. Yeah, I love when like you know it's like somebody has to announce him Gob. <laughs> I just I love that that running joke with the whole whole <laughs> series. Uh, I like that they don't quite know what he's for when it comes to the family function, and every time they figure out a couple of the things that he he does or provides for the family, he is just the epitome of a bored rich kid who has grown up and now doesn't know what to do with themselves. The way it's played and the way it becomes a caricature, but yet he's so committed to this character. It's, it's just incredibly funny to me. I mean, his moves on the stage when he's doing his magic act, there's just, there's nothing refined about Job. Yeah, not at all. And I think that, that is what makes it so funny. He's riding around on the Segway. There's so many parts of Job's character that can get drawn out and become like a, a cult classic icon. And you can see that just all over the place. A lot of his lines, a lot of the music that's around him, it's so ingrained in the show. There's so much about what Job is, is what makes the funny parts happen in the show. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And that's why he's my number two. Yeah, that's fair. That's all, I agree with all that. That's that's very fair. All right. <laughs> My number one, probably the same as you. <laughs> you think? Lucille. Lucille! <laughs> yeah. Lucille won, for clarification. Luce, well, she's the only Bluth. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Lucille, played by uh, Jessica Walter. Again, I, I think if you're looking at best actors in the series, it's between her and Tobias. <laughs> she is such <laughs> an incredible actor. And the show and her writing is fantastic. And like so much of what makes the show so funny is Lucille and, and the way, and what she says and the way she says it, her looks, her facial expressions, just ridiculously good. She's so committed to this character. She is dialed in to exactly who Lucille Bluth is. And it shows in, every part of her the way she walks the way she holds herself the way she asks to get her dress zipped up like there's every single (laughs) part of her the way she interacts with the world the way she interacts with all of her children she is to me when you think about like a family tree she is a pure matriarch in every sense of the show she holds all of the rest of them together i think that that is why she's my favorite i mean because most of the series the father of the show, who we didn't even mention in any of our lists, yeah. really. Well, you mentioned Oscar. Briefly, yeah. But it doesn't count. George Bluth, who's the patriarch of the family, he's in jail most of the time. Yeah, we, you don't get a lot of time with him. I mean, you get time with him for as the show, but you don't see him interacting with the family as much. Right. It's in a very limited place. No touching. And he and no he's touching. also a fairly boring character. Like, he, he doesn't have a lot of comedy he doesn't have a lot of dialogue like he he's yeah. just kind of he's he occasionally is there to his, do something but that's you know he, he's not I, I wouldn't even say he's that important of a character his actions are the catalyst for the whole series sure but when it comes to characters it's all about lucille like yeah. she is definitely top of the pyramid like holding all of this together yeah and she is just incredible would it be the bottom of the pyramid if you're holding it all together uh, that's a good point. I don't know. The, the top the of the pyramid doesn't hold crap. It's no. Just, yeah. 
<laughs> the bottom's holding it all. <laughs> I don't know. So she's the bottom. So I guess like George Michael and maybe you're holding up the whole show, I guess, from that. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever, whatever this metaphor is. <laughs> yeah. To me, the show is all about Lucille. The like emotional manipulation and the complete disregard for other people <laughs> like it's and, and also obliviousness in in certain areas but mostly not like mostly she knows what's going on and she engineers a lot of what's going on and is is, is always in control even when others don't think she is yep she's definitely the neck of this family yeah like, she turns the head wherever she wants and 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 yeah like man <laughs> this acting job is just incredible one of the greats ever like such a good job so yeah lucille my number one no contest when i think about my top four characters and even your top four characters i i can so viscerally picture all of them and lucille and job for me are the two that i can picture the most vividly like all of their Mm. movements their actions their lines the music the the way they're interacting like i can I can re-see them super, super clearly in my mind more than anybody else. Like uh, everyone else, they're kind of like ideas floating around. Mm -hmm. But like you said, Lucille, she embodies so much of what that character is and who she is in the family. It's so, so good. It's such great acting. I, I wish there were a better way to articulate it than just to say like, go see this show, if anything, for her. It's hard to do a podcast about this show where we say anything different about about the different characters because they're all well acted, they're all well written, they're all just incredible characters, and it's funny and everything. But yeah, there are I think a couple of standouts, and Lucille I think is is the best actor. I, yeah, I think I was I'm on the fence between her and Tobias. Really, like who's the best <laughs> actor here? I think I'd have to give it to her. Now that I think about it, yeah, yeah. she's so so sharp, like. Mm-hmm. everything you're right like you know the, the movements the even face, when she's just like, sitting on the couch in the background yeah she is lucille from the top of her head down to her toes yeah you're right yeah best actor in the series you're right and yeah my number one bluth the best bluth my favorite bluth 